Hi, and welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast. My name is Isabel Ross, and I'm the coach at Peak Endurance Coaching. Episode 58 is an interview with Megan Laws, previously Arbogast. Running wasn't Megan's first sport. She played volleyball, basketball, and spent a lot of time horseback riding as a kid. Megan got started in her 20s as a way to efficiently get some exercise in. Because she'd always liked competitive sports, she started running 5Ks and 10Ks. Megan had a young child and this fit nicely into her lifestyle. As she got older, Megan started to run further, starting marathoning in her 30s. Eventually, she hired her first coach, which helped Megan get her time stone into the 240s, qualifying her for the Olympic marathon trials. Megan finally got the ultra running bug when she turned 42. Over the past three decades, she has qualified and run in the marathon trials four times, has completed the Western States 100-mile endurance run 12 times, 10 of those being in the top 10, an amazing achievement, and all of them being under 24 hours. Megan has also represented the USA in the World 100K Championships for nine consecutive teams, placing in the top three for the USA team eight times. Megan still trains and races competitively and is an excellent example of longevity in our sport. I took the opportunity to ask her how she has managed to perform so well over so many years. Do you have injuries or niggles ruining your enjoyment of running and hindering your performance? Running is our time to focus on our health and happiness and if this time is plagued with aches and pains, it's no fun at all. Come in and see the specialists at Health and High Performance where they utilise the latest in technology and experience to help you achieve the results you want and are capable of. So head to healthhp.com.au forward slash run or find them on Instagram, Health High Performance. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. Rating, reviewing and sharing helps more people find the podcast and grows the audience, which all helps when I'm contacting people to be interviewed. You can also go to my YouTube channel under Isabel Ross to see the recordings of all of the podcasts. Enjoy the interview with Megan. I know I love chatting with her. Hi, Megan, and thanks for coming on the Peak Endurance Podcast. That's nice to be here. Um, So can you tell my listeners how you got into running? Because as they all know, you're you're a fantastic runner, but you had to start somewhere. Um, How did you get into running? And and did you see the potential you had when you first started running? Well, I started running um, when I was in my 20s, um, basically as a way to stay fit because I did sports in high school. And a little bit in um, university, I did, uh, I played volleyball, I played basketball, and I I did run in track and field, but it was the real short stuff. Um, And I also, I grew up on a farm and I had horses, so I was always active and I've always loved movement. Um, But once, you know, you're out of university, it's, you know, hard to find people to, you know, play volleyball with or, yeah. you know, play a game of ball. So I started to jog as a way to stay fit. And I found I missed competition. And so I started entering um, 5Ks. And um, I like to race them, you know, and I, I was, um, you know, pretty good. I've never been sort of amazing at the short stuff, but but pretty good um to enough to get sort of advice and attention from from other runners but you know back in the the 80s really when i started doing that the 5k and 10k scene was much different it was very competitive you know because road racing was so popular and now you go to a 5k or a 10k and it's it's much more just a citizen's um, effort 
Um, so I felt like I was not that great. But if I go to a 5K now, even at my age, I might win. Like I might win yeah. the whole race. <laughs> it's like, so, so what times were you doing in the 5K back then? Um, like 20 minutes. Yeah, so pretty, pretty. Um, you know, it took me a while to break 20 minutes, and and um, I was running maybe uh, after a few years or five years or even longer, I finally broke 40 minutes in the 10k. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I wasn't like blazing, blazing fast, but yeah, that's how I got started, really. And then you, um, I read that you did your first ultra at 35 years old. So, um, uh, seeing as you started running when you were 25, uh, why did you wait till 35? We <laughs> well, what's really funny. What's funny about that is, um, I call that my first, first ultra. And then I had my second first ultra six years <laughs> later because oh, wow. I didn't really like it. Um, oh, okay. So I've always been, um, very much in the mindset of being prepared to do whatever I do, if I'm going to pin a number on. So if I was going to run a 10K, I trained for it. If I was going to run a marathon, I trained for it and I had a time goal and I didn't over race. I didn't race because, hey, there's a marathon in town. Let's go do that. It sounds like fun. That's not fun for me. Preparation, um, planning, training um, for weeks and weeks and weeks excites me. And so that's how I've always approached racing and training. And so it took me, you know, I also had a daughter. And so while she was small, I didn't train a whole lot. Yeah. Um, just enough to stay fit and enter a small race now and then. And then I think she was seven when I did my first marathon. Oh, okay. And again, I did marathon a year, you know, yeah. for three years. And that's sort of like, that's kind of what people did. Yeah. And yeah, it wasn't like that, now that, where they do five or six marathons a year. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there was no FOMO back in the day. It's like yeah. people actually had lives, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Yeah. So when I ran my first ultra at 35, I um it was a local one and I really at you know, a couple of years before I hadn't even heard of ultras cuz this was back in the 90s, they weren't yeah. all that popular. Um I had a so friend how far who, was that first ultra? It was a 50k. Yeah. And it was um, put on by a friend of mine. And so I trained on the course and, you know, with him and um, it was, uh, for me, it had a lot of vertical to it and so, well, I guess 6,000 feet. So what? It's about 2,000 2, meters. meters. Yeah. Um, That's still decent. It, it was, it is decent. It's decently yeah. tough. A lot of it's pretty steep. In, yeah. um, and you know, if you're used to road marathons, yeah. Exactly. And so mm. I ran the whole thing. I didn't take oh my one hike. And I was so <laughs> mad at the end. It's like, I just yelled at my friend, hey, that was terrible. <laughs> I hated it. No I, hated it. I ran out fast like I was running in a road marathon. And then the second <laughs> half was just miserable. And I was so stubborn, I wouldn't walk a step. <laughs> I'm just taking these little tiny steps. Um, mm. And so I put my focus back on the road marathon. And I did that, you know, for another five or six years. And then I went back to wanting to try an ultra. And I think partly um, because I saw one of the videos about Western States oh, and yeah. I thought, ah, that trail yeah. running, just, you know, that looks so fun. Yeah. And so I was 41 when I came back to my yeah. second first ultra. <laughs> yeah. And it was a 50K. Was and that lovely. was a 50K as well. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it was more runnable too. It was just yeah. really nice. 
Yeah. And um, how did you go at that first one when you were, when you were 35? Did you win it? I was still, I was just, no, I was second and I was yeah. just over five hours. Um, yeah. So well, it was, you know. That's was, pretty good I, for that amount of ascent. Yeah. Yeah. And what I, about, I yeah. and the one when you were 41, you won that one, didn't you? Yes. And again, it was more runnable. And I think I ran like 422. Oh, wow. Or like that. Yeah. 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 That's great. And um, so, so the, why, so it took you that long to feel ready to run an ultra again. Yeah. So for once the saying, I'm never doing that again, actually did last a while for you. It did. It did. <laughs> I was like, I just want to run. I don't want to go hiking up hills. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So um, now you have records in a variety of age groups at a variety of distances and, and you've podiumed more than 40 times. Um, wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, wow, you wow. have. <laughs> and, and, and that, well, I was going to say there could be more than that, but in this, this year you wouldn't have had a chance really to do much <laughs> racing. Um, so what enables you to be so consistently good do you know what I mean? Like yeah. not have all the peaks and troughs that many athletes do, um, but to stay consistently at a high level. I think one of the first smartest things I did was hire a coach. And yeah. that was um, in the 90s when I was uh, focusing on the marathon. And I think the most, the first most valuable thing I learned from him was to slow down. Mm, yes. Easy days are easy. Speed yeah. days are speed days. Exactly. Um, yeah, stop trying to race every time you go out the door. Um, so that was the first thing. And then just consistency, not overdoing it. He taught me all those things and I was, you know, held accountable to do them. Um, so that was the first thing. Um, I think really um, moderation. Yeah. You know, I, I did eventually build up to being, you know, running 100 to 120 miles a week, but that took years to get there. Yeah. And I think, I could run 120 miles a week or I could run 100 miles a week. I don't think there's a benefit for me to do 120 miles a week. It's one of those things that it sounds good and it's like, whoa, that's really yeah. amazing, but it's not necessary. Yeah, it doesn't add um, anything to your training, really. No, no. So that was, you know, probably the biggest thing. And I've had coaches off and on ever since then. Every now and then I'll, I'll go on my own. Yeah. And even the last... What, five or six years I'd gone without a coach and I went back and hired another coach because, um, because I was you're again, a coach I, yourself. Of course, obviously I am a coach co myself. And that's yeah. why I'm like, well, I can figure this out. My only problem is I'm lazy and I don't want to write my own program. <laughs> but when I did write my own program, I still made it too hard. Yeah. So I hired a coach, um, last December and yeah, we're always tougher on ourselves, aren't we, than others? Oh yeah, yeah. It's like, well, of course I can do that. They did that. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. dumb. <laughs> and and I think having a coach, uh, they're the person who can tell you to temper it down a bit too, can't they? Yeah, and and she still has to tell me, like you did a little yeah. more than I said. I'm like, I know, but I was having fun. <laughs> so yeah. I, and the next, the other piece that's huge is body work. Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. um, Physical therapy saved my running career. Um, okay. Because when I was 49, um, gosh, that's been 10 years, um, I was having pretty consistent hip pain and it would radiate down into my adductor and it would take me a long time to warm up. 
and it just started to feel like this is really just not even close to being fun anymore. So I thought, okay, just hang in there till you're 50 because 50 is like a good number to retire Mm -hmm. on. And I was introduced to a physical therapist who just, just reworked me, just really got me straightened out and strengthened my weaknesses and my pain went away. And I was um, seeing her for like in the next couple years, um, probably every other week to every, to once a month, depending, because I'd still get a little bit of injuries. Mm. So um, what, what, would, what was the hip pain? What was it coming from? Um, mostly my uh, sacroiliac joint, um, oh, yeah. just being, um, you know, kind of anterior tilt and yeah. everything from there. It was so long. It was in that position for so long. It just, um, you know, things just started compensating yeah. and all uh, the small muscles were doing the big muscle work. I had very weak glutes, yeah. um, but she really helped me get turned around. And um, gosh, I've had so few injuries the last 10 years. It's really, oh, really? yeah. And yet- I mean, if I get something, it's pretty minor and I can mm. usually get it figured out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and people say like the longer you've been running the more injuries you you get but you're saying it doesn't necessarily have to be that way no not at all I think what happens if if you get injured and you take time off say six weeks yeah and then you're like okay it doesn't hurt anymore I'm going to start yeah. running again you haven't fixed anything no that's you right let everything heal but it heals in the exact same way that it was before yeah. that's and so then point. you go out and you just do the same thing again. It's like, gosh, my Achilles is always, you know, every six months. Well, that's probably because you didn't change something. Mm. So yet I always, um, I'm very curious. So I always want to know the how and the why it happened and what can I do to change and to fix it so that doesn't happen again. So do you do a lot of strength work as part of that? Um, I go hot and cold on that. Um, I, yeah, it's not my favorite thing to do. <laughs> But I am known for falling down. I easily, you know, trip, catch a toe on some little tiny rock and splat. Um, And my knees have great amount of scars on them. Um, Thankfully, I've never broken anything, but I did break a toe once, but I don't even know how that happened. But um, last summer, I did hire a personal trainer and I got a really good program. And I was actually going to the gym two or three times a week. And I didn't fall nearly as much. Oh, really? Yes. Um, and I That's could tell because it's a lot of one-legged exercises, a lot yeah. of step-ups on a high thing, and then you got to balance. And at mm. first, I was very wobbly. Yeah. Um, but after a while, I got very good at it and very stable. Yeah, so I stopped falling. And of course, I stopped going to the trainer <laughs> and then uh, started falling down again. So, <laughs> oh. so I'm, doing, um, I'm doing some strength training just sort of the minimal yeah and um, just to try to get back to the not falling down that's main my main concern i i don't feel like i need to get stronger i just need to have more balance yeah yeah, yeah. and and um and i guess that's you know strengthening all those smaller muscles as well as not just the big muscles that are the strength Correct. muscles yeah right yeah. Yeah. yeah and um so you have um body work done like do you also get like regular massage and what else do you do for recovery and that sort of thing yeah I get massage normally every other week with COVID it's been a little bit Mm. more spaced out than that yeah um and so that's all the body work I'm getting right now yeah yeah 
Yeah, that's fair I do, you know, the foam roller and I'll, I'll do some stretching. I'm not, um, I don't have a, you know, a religious routine when it comes to stretching. I like to stretch my hips because it feels good. Um, yeah. But that's kind of about it. And I, I live on a farm, so I'm pretty busy with, at times with the animals, mm. you know, carrying stuff and, and uh, gardening. And so I'm pretty active. Um, so mm. I don't feel like I need to really go to the gym and do a lot of so you're stuff. not you're not like a runner who runs and then goes and sits in the office all day which thus hurts parts of the body by that's, sitting all the time that's hard on the body mm. you know i like to tell people that we aren't really meant to sit mm. our hips are not meant to be flexed all day long and yeah. that's you're at a desk they're flexed and that means you're you know your glutes are being stretched your yeah. backs be you know all that tension that isn't normal or natural it wears and tears on you. Yeah. 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 And um, so I also see from what I, the research I did on you that you do regular speed work. Um, a lot of ultra runners are also sometimes hesitant about doing speed work. Um, can you tell the listeners a bit more about that? Yeah. Um, if you want to be faster, you need to run faster. And yeah. the way to run faster is to do much faster running than you will do in a race. Um, we have, you know, basically three energy systems. We've got their, the VO2 max energy system. We've got the lactate threshold. And then we've got the, um, the sort of the aerobic um, yeah. um, energy system. And they all overlap. We're all using all of them at once. But there's the, you know, predomination of the VO2 max. If you're going to go sprint 800 meters, you know, versus I'm going to go run hard for 10 minutes. You got to slow down to a different threshold and a different energy system. What that does over time is it raises your ability to clear those byproducts out of your legs and your arms so you can yeah. run faster at the same effort. So, I mean, who doesn't want to do that? Right. <laughs> exactly. you know, like, yeah. even, even finishing a race, if you can finish it a little faster because you did that kind of work, it's totally worth it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And, and for yourself, um, do you still uh, do by, two speed work sessions a week or are you doing one? What do you do? It's usually two. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like every single week there's blocks, you know, I'll do like yeah. three weeks with two, two a week and then I'll have a week of recovery and yeah. kind of that, that's a typical cycle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's fair enough. Now, um, uh, as I was saying, you've, you've at the top of the field in, in many races, um, what sort of races do you prefer? What, what, what sort of length and, and what sort of type of terrain? I like the longest one they'll offer, whichever <laughs> one that is. I was like, I want the most for my money, I guess. I don't know. If there's a 50 mile and a 50K and a 100 mile, I'm going to take the 100 mile. Yeah. Um, terrain, I love trail. Um, I'm not super fond of super technical. Yeah. Um, because of the tripping, I'm guessing? The tripping or the amount of attention I have to pay. Yeah. I don't trip that much when it's super technical because I'm paying so much attention to it. Yeah, but it's tiring um, paying attention. It is tiring. Um, I, don't, I don't do as well in the super steep stuff. I get dropped pretty okay. easily. Um, I, I love running downhill. Yeah. Um, I love really nice single track. Um, but one of the really more important things is I love a good view. I love things to just be really beautiful yeah. um i went to marathon to sob in 2016 yeah. and 
I kind of hated it. <laughs> oh, did you? I have heard the same from other people, to be honest. <laughs> you know, some people like Dion uh, Leonard, he and I had this conversation about, he loves the desert and the sand. I'm like, I love the mountains. He's like, I hate yeah. the mountains. It's just so funny. Oh, isn't Whatever. it funny? Yeah. Yeah, because he's very good at the desert stuff. But it was um, like the first day at Marathon to I'm like, yeah, I'm not so sure I like this. And the second day, I'm like, I don't know. But you just, you run up these dunes and you get to the top and there's, there's some more sand. Yeah. You know? No, that, that sounds <laughs> like a nightmare to me. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's like, there's no view. And by the third day, I'm like, nah, not doing this again. Yeah. Yeah. And I haven't changed my mind. <laughs> um, but, you know, I look at UTMB, which is really, really tough mm. for me because those climbs are like 10 oh, k's yeah. of climbing. Yeah. Um, it's real hard, but it's so gorgeous. Yes. You know, I'm willing to do that kind of suffering for the kind of views and the, and the terrain, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And um, what, what is it? Because uh, a lot of the women at the moment uh, at the top end are, are, many of them are say 20 years younger than you. What do you think enables you to be competitive with younger people? Uh, well, you know, you got to give some credit to your parents, I think. Mm. Um, and I think, again, by being conservative and taking care of my body the best I can, there isn't a lot of evidence saying that we should be slowing down for women. I think yeah. men, it's a little bit different because of the low, the levels of testosterone start to decrease, I think, in their 40s. Yeah. And we don't have that happen. Or if we do, we don't have much to start with anyway. So yeah. um, I think the one thing that's happening to me is just my maximum heart rate is dropping. So I have okay. less room at the top, but um, yeah, I just think I haven't lost the interest. I haven't lost the desire. I haven't lost the curiosity. And also I've never, I shouldn't say I've never, I've rarely um, trained too hard or too much. Mm -hmm. And I haven't gotten burned out ever since I got a coach. I haven't gotten burned out. And I th think there's more danger of that as the sport gets more popular yeah. and it gets more competitive. I think, you know, there's a lot of two-year runners and then, you know, you never see yes. them again. Yeah. So, um, so it's been interesting for me because I've been seeing so many runners oh, come yeah. and go. It's kind of, yeah. I almost like don't even want to meet some people. <laughs> like, can you wait till I see if you're going to stay around? I don't want to be your best friend. <laughs> <anymore>. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Now, how many times a year would you race if it was a normal year? <clears throat> that. Um, I did get up till I was racing more than, you know, back in the day of two marathon, one or two marathons. Um, I would say five or six and only one of those would be a hundred miles, maybe okay. two. I have done Western States and UTMB in the same year. And I would do that. I, I would do that. Um, but that's because those races are special and important to me. Yeah. Um, other than that, it's, you know, one or two 50 Ks and then a hundred K maybe two something like that. Um, mm. And what's been interesting this year, and I think maybe you've experienced this or uh, people around you. It's like, I feel more fit now because I haven't been racing. Yeah. You know, nice steady training and, you know, feeling strong and healthy. Yeah. 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 But it, it's just a pity because we've got no way to use it, but yeah. or, you know, take advantage of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, um, because you were saying earlier that when you race, you, you give it your all, um, are any of those races that you do kind of be races when you do that many a year? 
Um, I guess they're just not as important to me. Mm -hmm. Um, but I still want to go and I want to race as hard as I can and I want to be rested up for it. Yeah. If I have, if I have done, I have done races where it's like, um, not that key of a race and I don't really enjoy it as much if I'm not just out there, like I really want to, you know, do my very best. So I still taper for them. It's just, um, like in the grand scheme of things, it's not the race that I, that I care about the most but I still like to race hard. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's a good way of looking at it. And also, I guess, racing some of those shorter ones hard, it, it really hones your race craft as well, I suppose. It really does, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you were saying that you like the long races. Have you ever done a 200 mile? Or if you haven't, are you thinking of doing that? I, I, that's one that doesn't appeal to me. I think oh. I like 100. I don't even want to do, like, is it um, Fat Dog? Fat Dog is the 120 mile one in Canada. Yeah, yeah, Fat Dog. Yeah, that's meant to be beautiful. Yeah, it's like, yeah. no, that's too far. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I think, you know, I've done Western States 12 times. And I'm just so done. It's like, yeah. I can't imagine going 20 more miles. It's yeah. just, yeah. I mean, I know it would, but it just doesn't appeal to me. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, and I, I think you're, you're right. With a 200 mile, it's almost more, well, you'd have to factor in sleep at some point or something. Yeah, and, and, and it wouldn't be as much running as I like yeah. to do. Yeah, that's I'd great. rather just like, okay, I'd like to fast pack a 200 yeah. mile stretch of something because that sounds like an exciting adventure, but I don't yeah. really want to race it. Yeah. And um, you were saying that your first race, your first ultra, you didn't do any walking in spite of the, the climbing. Do you do, <laughs> do you, um, or not walk, hike, power hike, any sections of races now? Oh yeah. Yes. Um, all the time. Yeah. And do you train for that specifically as well? Yeah, yeah I do. I do. Yeah. And in fact, for the European races, and I don't know if it's true in Australia too, uh, do people use hiking poles? Yeah, it's becoming more popular and more common now. Yeah, yeah. Here, there aren't many races that use them. I think people have this sort of funny little negative attitude yeah. about them, but in Europe, you know, everybody does. So when I've raced in Europe, I use trekking poles. So I'll train with them here for sure. Yeah. Oh, look, I mean, I've, I went and did CCC and, and I, I, I think that I I don't know how people would do any of those hills without poles, to be honest. I don't either. Especially yeah. coming down, right? Yeah, yeah. I need something to break. I know. <laughs> and not yourself, hopefully. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so what's your nutrition like, you know, on a day-to-day basis, but also then with racing? Okay. Um, day-to-day, I, I do have a standard breakfast of um, mm. white rice with eggs. Oh scrambled oh. eggs with white rice and uh, avocado nice and a latte I just, yeah it's my breakfast um boy after that i would say it's a variety of things but uh, i do eat meat i yeah. eat whole foods i eat you know i have a veggie garden so lots of salad right now nice um but you know eggplant zucchini tomatoes um i eat green beans so basically all the vegetables um i chicken I eat beef I eat, you know so it's just kind of all just the a, things. a little bit of everything yeah yes and, and yeah. um but I don't overdo anything I um I don't say no to sugar yeah um but it's not like a mainstay but like I baked a blackberry pie the other day because it's oh, blackberry yum. so you know yeah. I, I like to eat things that are in season and I like to do special things um I just don't overdo them yeah and, and I, I do um yep beer Lots oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's it. And I, and I think moderation is a great thing and, and being able to enjoy all the food. 
Is, right. Is awesome. I mean, if you, if you don't have to restrict things, yes. then why bother? Because yep, that's agree. like an added stress. Yeah. Like, oh, no, I can't do that. You know, if it's, if it's a, you know, if it's a health reason, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm much the same, but I just love, I love food, so, you know. Yeah, I do too. I love good food. You know? yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And what about in races? Do you eat um, real food or do you tend to do sort of more of the gels and that sort of stuff? Mostly gels and, and fluids, um, you know, electrolyte drinks. Um, yeah. I, when I have crew, I usually have chocolate milk to drink. Okay. Um, that's a real nice one. It's, it goes down super easy um, and it's soothing. Yeah. Um, I have a real hard time with solid foods because I tend to not have any saliva in my mouth. And oh, I can't okay. Down. I just, I'll, it'll be in my mouth forever. Sometimes I just spit it out because oh, really? but I can, I soup, I can't get a sandwich down. I can yeah. get wet fruit down, you know, watermelon and cantaloupe, things like that. I can get a banana down. Um, but it's just, yeah, not happening so that that just happens when you race your mice sort just of when i up. race because i am working hard when i'm yeah. training you know i'll stop and slow down and i'll yeah. eat you know eat a sandwich when i'm just training yeah 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 that's fair enough and um so um i was looking at um some stuff about you and it says that you don't have an off season is that correct yeah or, pretty much yeah i don't yeah. um um, yeah, I pretty much train year round. I mean, this year we all have an off season, mm. but yeah, I don't, um, no. Yeah. 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 And that's fair enough. And also I saw that you, um, suffer from restless legs at night. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I suffer from that myself. I, I don't think probably as bad as you. It's part of the reason, you know, I took up running as for myself. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I was hoping it would help. It didn't really, but, um, no, what, yeah, um, what, because I think a few people do suffer from that. What do you find helps with that then? Well, I actually take um, a prescription for it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't realize I had it until I went, to, I went to a race in China and a gal, um, I don't know, if, oh, I can't remember her last name because she's Josiah from England, from uh, yeah. Great Britain. She's a very good uh, 100K ultra runner on the roads. Oh, okay. And she's also a family doctor. And I was telling, oh, I can't, I just want to lose it when I'm on an airplane. I oh, cannot. It's the worst. No. Yes. It is the worst. And she said, well, yeah. you might have restless leg syndrome. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's true. Because at night it often happens too. Yeah. It doesn't happen to me during the day. No. Yeah. Uh, but at night it's like, and I remember my daughter has it too. And I remember you try to hold still and you can't. No, that's right. It drive yeah. you nuts because, and then I read about it. Well, it's a neurological um, issue. It's not muscular and it's not it's neurological and you can't control that yeah. so yeah i take a drug called ripenerol which is um was prescribed to people with parkinson's oh okay yeah and it works great and it so you take that before a flight do you i do take it before a flight and then i take it every night before bed oh okay yeah yeah oh that's interesting and and um Interesting that you say because it's neurological, which would be why running wouldn't specifically help with that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And um, so can what is it that you love so much about running that you still feel such a strong desire to race and 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 to train so hard? I don't. I think I must be addicted. <laughs> I was like, I got to get my fix. Yeah. Um, for 
competition, I'm, I'm just curious more than anything. It's like, wow, how, how long can I keep going? I'm not as fast as I was. I know that, but I'm not, I haven't slowed down tremendously or anything, just, you know, maybe tiny increments. And when you're doing a hundred mile race, that may not even show up, you know? So it's just really the, the curiosity of it. And I just love running. Yeah. I love how it feels. I love where it takes me. Um, I love the friends I've made doing it. Um, I don't know. I just, I just love it. Yeah. yeah. I can't imagine not doing it. I mean, I can imagine like I didn't run today because it was my day off and that's kind of nice too. But yeah. I, I don't, yeah. Even if I didn't run, I can't imagine not being part of the culture and the, the community. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. I, I totally understand that. So how I, uh, are you able to run in groups at the moment? Um, it's kind of discouraged. California's on their second big lockdown. Um, uh, yeah, we're on our second lockdown. Yeah, yeah the yeah. county I live in, um, which has a fair bit of the Western States course, um, it was only locked down for three days because we have very low numbers uh, okay. of infections. So, and it has been that way the whole time. Um, I have the fortune of being living very close to one of my athletes and she and I train together a lot awesome. and we're just out on the trails. We don't see very many people. Yeah. Um, I was doing a group run once things had lightened up a little bit. Um, but now that things have, you know, shut back down, I probably just won't do that until things settle back down. Yeah. Um, but I'm pretty happy to run by myself too. I, I don't have to have someone to run with. It's just nice to have someone to talk to sometimes. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. it. And, and honestly, I mean, I think as ultra runners, we kind of are used to running on our own because it often happens in races. So you want to train for that Absolutely. too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How are you staying motivated with no races on the horizon? I think just from my experience in the past of not racing very much, I don't have any problem. Yeah. And uh, most of my athletes um, have stay mo- stayed motivated. I've lost a couple this last month who just like, eh, yeah. <laughs> I just can't. You know, because they're more motivated by having a race and I'm not, I mean, I am, I like racing, yeah. but I don't need it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, a good way of putting it. Yeah. I like that. And, um, and so you were saying today was your day off. Do you have a day off every week? Yeah. Mondays right now. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Is that to recover from the big weekend of running? Yeah. Just have one day of just, you know, fun like you know, I get things done. <laughs> like, yeah. Even if I only run for an hour, I feel like it half my day has disappeared somehow. Yeah. 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 It does tend to eat into the day, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 So, um, uh, from what you're saying, basically, um, being consistent with your training, but also, and, and not over racing is, is key yes. to, to staying in top form and in top health. Yeah. I, I think so. And, and just being super aware of your body and yes. really paying attention to, you know, repeated twinges and aches and pains and find out the why and mm. fix it. I mean, bodies yeah. are plastic. You yeah, know, there's that's a, right. anything what you can turn around. It might take some time to do it, but you know, it's really worth it. And like you said, uh, just resting isn't necessarily the answer. Because no, no, you have to change the why, unless you, you know, fell in a hole, you know, you yeah. twisted your ankle, well, yeah. you can just stop doing that. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. And um, so do you have any other sort of uh, words of wisdom that you could share with, with all of us? Well, I think, you know, along the lines of people wanting to race every race that comes their way, mm. depending on what, you know, really find out what it is that drives you, what it is that's going to bring you the most joy in this sport, in this community. If it is running every race that comes along, that's great. Do that. Don't expect to be feeling awesome at every one of them. And mm. that's fine if that's what you want. If you want to have some peak performances and you want to improve and find out what your potential is, pick way fewer races, find a good coach to help you get there and help you last a lot longer. Yeah. So I guess that would be my... Yeah. yeah. And, and I think, you know, I mean, honestly, we all want to be in this sport for as for as long as possible, don't we? Well, and also, um, you can go to every race and volunteer. Yeah, that's right. You it's can still so, be part I of it. I love doing that. I mean, there's so much smack talk. You know, you can do it <laughs> to all your friends that come through the aid stations. Yeah. You can get all kinds of grief and they get mad at you. And it's really super fun. <laughs> and, and I think also um, helping at races helps to motivate you for running other races as well. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, it's just great being part, because like you said, it's being part of the community that's so important. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so um, how can people um, follow you on socials or get in contact with you about coaching, that sort of thing? Yeah, so I have a website, and it's um, coachmegan.com, Megan with an H. Yep. Um, my uh, Twitter, which I don't do a lot of, but Instagram is uh, running Megleg, yep. so running M-E-G-L-E-G. And then I'm on Facebook as Megan Campfield Laws. Yeah. But I seem to be doing more Instagram than anything right now. Yeah, it seems to be and the, it's not, the way to go. It's not much about running. It's a lot about my farm animals and stuff. Oh, that's nice too, though. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you know, there's only so many things you can post about being on a beautiful mountain, but the animals are pretty, pretty interesting and fun. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I'll, I'll have to um, have a bit of a look too, see, see what your farm's like. <laughs> so where do you live? Um, I'm in Melbourne. Okay. Yeah, so I'm um, just in suburbia really here, but um, I live near what we call the Dandenong Ranges, which are very small mountains compared to anything you've got over there. <laughs> but, um, but it's something. And while in lockdown, it's handy. <laughs> yes, yes. Mm. We've got to take what we can get. Yeah, that's right, you know. So, yeah. Well, anyway, thank you so much for um, having this chat. I really appreciate it. That's very fun. All righty. Thanks a lot for that. See ya. Bye. Well, what did you think? A big takeaway for me was that she attributes her success to hiring a coach and to not over-racing. Something to think about. I love it that her nutrition is all about moderation and no crazy diets. I find that really refreshing. Okay, and some news. Occasionally I put out two podcasts a week and this week is going to be one of them. I'm going to be po posting a bonus episode. I feel a bit nervous about it because the tables are turned and this time I am being interviewed. My good friend Nicole Q, who I interviewed about Rabdo a while ago, messaged me with the idea of interviewing me as she felt some people might be interested in my background and how I got into running. <clears throat> This is the first of two episodes that we will do. This one, uh, the first one is a bit more about my childhood and sports background to see how I got into running. We touch a bit on uh, mental strength and resilience um, and how my childhood impacted that, but we will get more into that in part two. I do hope you enjoy it. If you haven't already, as I said earlier, get onto the YouTube channel to check out the video of this podcast. The link will be in the show notes.
With so many restrictions in place, it's more important than ever to have a structured plan to ensure you maximise your training. Races will eventually return, but in the meantime, there are many other challenges you can find, like planning an FKT. If you need an individualised plan, email me isabel at peakendurancecoaching.com.au to chat about a training plan. Have a great week of training, stay safe and well, and remember with a little kindness, grace and empathy, we will get through this together and come out stronger and more resilient.